Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. You're listening to the British Ice Hockey Podcast. Available every week on Audio Boom, the iTunes Store, and from BritishIceHockey.co.uk. Hello and welcome to this week's British Ice Hockey Podcast. I'm your host Ben, and coming up on this week's show, we're going to be looking back at all last weekend's results in the Elite Ice Hockey League. We're also going to be talking about the National Division of the NIHL with the head coaches of the Basingstoke Bison and the Sheffield Steel Dogs. And we're going to be talking the international game as we're going to be joined by Great Britain head coach Pete Russell. All of that and loads more on this week's British Ice Hockey Podcast. So hello everybody and welcome to this week's British Ice Hockey Podcast. Loads of interviews coming up on this week's show. As I was saying there, uh, we are going to be joined by Pete Russell uh, with an interview recorded after last night's triumphant victory over Romania and ahead of this weekend's equally big encounters against Estonia and Hungary. That interview coming up in about 20 minutes time. Uh, we're also going to be talking to Ash Tate, head coach at the Basingstoke Bison and Ben Morgan, his counterpart at the Sheffield Steel Dogs, all about their four-point weekends just gone in the National Division of the NIHL. We've got Alan Crow joining us as well, the editor at the Five Free Press, to help us preview this weekend's crucial matches in, in the playoff race down the bottom end of the Elite League, with a special focus on the Five Flyers, of course. And speaking of the Elite Ice Hockey League, we're also going to be joined by media manager at the Elite Ice Hockey League, Luke Fisher, will be joining us as well to discuss the latest European League rankings. Uh, But uh, before that, let's talk about last weekend's results in the Elite Ice Hockey League. And without further ado, it's now time to welcome back a dear old friend to the show, pre-recorded on Tuesday, it's Craig Anderson from BritishIceHockey.co.uk. We'll start off with the uh, big weekend just gone up at the top end of the table and a big weekend to come uh, for for those sides down the bottom end. Uh, but let's talk about the results from, from last weekend firstly. And uh, the Sheffield Steelers, back-to-back defeats. 
Craig, what's what's happened? I know. Uh, I think it was the first time they've lost two games back to back since about November. I think I wrote in an article somewhere. Um, but yeah, you know, a strange weekend for them where they've come in with a point to show for their efforts. Um, I've seen one or two fans that are trying to trying to make excuses. You know, oh, injuries were bound to catch up with us and all that kind of stuff. I've got I've got no sympathy for that respect because the Steelers have a team with with good resources. You know, any players that, that come down injured, they can replace them quite quickly and usually bring in players of a similar quality. So I wouldn't say that's an excuse for it. I would just say it's just one of those weekends where they were bound to come a cropper. And just a reminder that this league, nothing is, is as clear cut um, as it's led to believe. Good results, though. Let's be honest for Nottingham Panthers, especially from them away from home and then a good one for, for Guildford. And that was quite a, a very tight game. An 11-goal thriller and Guildford Nickett in the last few minutes. So two tough games for the Steelers, but they'll bounce back from it. As I say, they've got the resources there. They've got the personnel there um, for them to bounce back. They're going into a, a weekend where they don't have any games because of, of GB. So um, they'll be keen to, to get back on the horse as quickly as possible. Um, but I, I think they'll just dust themselves down and carry on. Yes, uh, you'll you'll get no sympathy, Sheffield Steelers fans, about injuries from a Glasgow clan fan. That's that's for sure, uh, <laughs> you know, um, and, and rightfully so. Uh, but yeah, Nottingham Panthers, a fantastic uh, win for them on Saturday. They followed that up with a, a two 0 win o- over the Five Flyers. Uh, so just ignore what we said last week about the Nottingham Panthers. Uh, they're they're back towards the top end again. Uh, uh, but you mentioned uh, Guildford. There, uh, they've they've had a good weekend, haven't they? Back to back wins, six uh, five against the Steelers on Sunday. Uh, they. Uh, beat uh, the Manchester Storm after overtime on Saturday as well. So uh, Guildford have, uh, with back-to-back wins as well. Yeah, certainly. And that keeps them very much um, nicely comfortable and that's a top six kind of area right now. And it looks as though those six teams will be the teams that will um, enter the playoffs first. And for Guildford, we, we spoke a few weeks ago now, it seems like a little while ago, um, they went through a little bad run of form. But, you know, two victories over the weekend, that puts them eight points clear of Glasgow clan in, in eighth place. So quite a, a bit of a cushion there for them to to sit back and, and enjoy. You know, this week past Manchester on Saturday, that was very tight, a very, uh, um, a very hard-fought affair. And then doing the same on Sunday against the Sheffield Steelers, holding them back um, to, to win by six goals to five. So a terrific weekend for, for Paul Dixon and his team, and they can certainly be uh, very pleased with that. Yes, and it was it was a good weekend uh, for for the two teams in in mid table and uh, Guildford there with two wins. Uh, Coventry Blaze also picking up two wins, uh, a five two win at Five Flyers on Saturday, followed up by a fantastic four nil win over the Manchester Storm. So without giving without jinxing them too much, um, that's that's almost enough, isn't it, for for Coventry and Guildford to to start to focus on on those playoffs? Do you feel? I think so. I mean, bear in mind, Guildford have still got a couple of games behind uh, Coventry, but I think you're looking at 15 games to go there or thereabouts. Um, I, I would say that that's enough when you look at the form of the teams below them and how they've been playing recently. I certainly think that that's more than enough. Um, they've got to keep winning, of course. You don't want them to collapse and think they've, they've got the job done already, of course. Um, that's not the way That's not the way ice hockey works. But you have to say, you know, those six um, are definitely are definitely there. Um, barring any major collapse from any of them. And just when you look back on the results through the course of the season, that's certainly not been the case at all. Um, Coventry and Guildford have, have picked up points more or less every weekend. I mean, Coventry have won five of their last six. Um, they picked up a point in the game they did lose. So, I mean, they're getting points all the time. Guildford, as we've just mentioned, three wins in their last four. A couple of defeats in there, peppered in there, but they're a good enough side. There's absolutely no danger um, that they'll they'll drop out of things. 
Now, here on the British Ice Hockey Podcast, we like to take claim to uh, when we interview head coaches, it works out for them the next game and, and that kind of thing. And last week, obviously, we had Andrew Lord on talking about that very, very entertaining game uh, against the Nottingham Panthers in the Challenge Cup uh, last Wednesday and uh, obviously in the, the leg before that as well. Uh, but it's... Um, we've. I feel I feel like we've let everyone down this week uh, because uh, the Cardiff Devils were then beaten by the Belfast Giants by one goal to nil, and uh, that was then followed up on Sunday by Cardiff Devils winning by one goal to nil. Bit of a stark contrast there, really, <laughs> isn't it? Uh, Entertainment-wise, I'm sure it was good for for those purists who like defending and that kind of thing. Yeah, I think two very hard-fought games against two very evenly matched teams, and I think probably I think the real winner might be Sheffield Steelers out of that because Belfast and Cardiff have effectively split split the points. And um, you were looking if you were looking at Cardiff to win both games, and obviously that gap at the top's cut a little bit. Maybe Steelers fans start to feel a little bit nervous, but they'll be pleased to have seen the points split both ways. And yeah, two goals in, in two games—that's that's a bit more like a football match, isn't it? Um, that, that kind of scoreline. We're used to seeing a few more goals in that. But no, well done to Belfast. A great result for them on Saturday. Elgin Pierce with the, the winner in the game on Saturday. And then, you know, they, they go at it again. Joey Haddad getting a goal late in the first period, and that proves to be enough. Um, so, you know, two fa- fascinating games. I think both fans have been chirping each other on social media um, since then and before as well. A big rivalry between those two. But in terms of bragging rights, I would say it's, uh, it's very, very even. Uh, well, that's the the top end of the table. Uh, uh, we've got a reduced calendar uh, for for this weekend, obviously because of, of Great Britain in in qualification action for the Olympics. Uh, we'll we'll cover that off shortly as well. Uh, but uh, there are some games uh, which are very very important taking place in the Elite League this weekend. Firstly, on Friday night, we've got Coventry against Guildford. Uh, I'm going to suggest winner stays on. I think Coventry would want a win. Uh, because of how many games in hand Guildford have got in mid-table land at the moment. Yeah, I think so. Um, Coventry winning certainly keeps them above Guildford and keeps that playoff place a little bit um, happier for them. That's that's what it's all about for them this year, Coventry. It's just getting into that playoffs a lot earlier than what they've done in the last two or three years where they've scraped in. Um, and the year before that, they, they missed out altogether. So you'd have to say that's big improvement on Coventry's part. Coming up against a team like Guildford, if you look back at the results between these two, in actual fact, they're, they're actually very even. They're, you know, it's, it's very much uh, um, split between the, the two of them. Just when you, you look back, and I'm scanning them quickly, it seems to be, you know, I think it's Coventry have won the last two, in fairness to them, but then Guildford won the previous two. So it's a very hard one to call, this one. And I think Coventry, I think, would, would benefit more from the victory when you look at that one. Let's talk about uh, the playoff race then. Um, I mean, we, we teed it up last week, uh, just how big this game is. Uh, Glasgow clan against the Manchester Storm on Saturday. At the same time, uh, well, 15 minutes later, the face-off uh, in Fife. It's Fife against Dundee. Um, I mean, that's that's a huge night of, of ice hockey, isn't it? It certainly is. It certainly is. And I think we're going to find out more about these four teams and how they, they line up in the, the next few weeks and how these results could have a bearing on, on where they end up. The one team I am fearful for right now is, is Five Flyers. And I dare say we'll, we'll touch on that later in the show. Um, a record, an, an elite league record equaling 14 straight defeats for them. One more defeat. And that's, a, that's a brand new record. That's not a record Five Flyers want. Um, they're a little bit behind the curve, seven points behind Dundee, who are just above them uh, in ninth place, eight points behind Manchester. You're looking at five winning or going on some kind of run um, between now and the end of the season. On current format, just doesn't look likely. Um, and I, I think if we don't see any victories for five over the weekend, and bear in mind you have to go to Manchester on Sunday 
I think they could be effectively ruled out of the, the playoff race, and that was something I alluded to in the, in the piece I did on, on Monday. Um, Glasgow taking on Manchester again, that's a big one. You know, Manchester have, have been picking up points here and there. They've been getting some good results along the way. Um, they got a point um, against Guildford on uh, on Saturday. Couldn't quite follow up against Coventry. They were shut out at the Sky Dome on Sunday. But they can pick up the points when it matters. And we've seen that recently. They beat Dundee 3-0 recently. They beat 5-5-2 recently. Um, they've even went. They've even beat Cardiff earlier on in January as well. So this is a Ryan Finnerty team um, that is capable of, of scraping out results when it matters. And I wouldn't be surprised if they went to Glasgow and got a result out there. And it'd be interesting for Ryan Finnerty because he gets to scout the clan players at first hand uh, on, on Tuesday when he takes part in Matt Hayward's testimonial mm. up in Glasgow as well. So <laughs> so if there's one guy you don't want to check out your team at, at close quarters, it's certainly him no. at this moment in time. But uh, it's going to be a fascinating weekend, as I say, when you look at the fixtures coming up. And it's not only this weekend, it's the week's coming up as well. There's still plenty of games between these four sides to come. We're really going to start to see the structure of this playoff race uh, as we go. Yes, absolutely. And uh, just to finish off those games on, on Sunday, uh, Dundee hosting uh, Guildford, uh, which is a big game uh, for, for Dundee, that's for sure. And uh, Manchester Storm hosting the Five Flyers. And uh, yeah, I mean, we'll cover off the Five, five Flyers later in the show. Uh, but um, it is a big weekend for Five, that's for sure, isn't it? Absolutely. And, you know, their, their troubles have, have certainly not went undocumented. Um, one thing that, that I did note, and that was Alan Crow, who's going to be on the show later, I think he, he spoke to one or two of the, the guys at a recent event, and you know, he gets the sense there's a real togetherness within the squad. I think the, the adversity um, that they're going through has really brought the squad together. However, it's not really translating in terms of results, and that's obviously that's obviously where the main problem lies. But... You, know, you have to hope that they get out of that, that rut soon enough, but I just feel that it's starting to get a little bit too late for Fife. Um, the, the deadline for bringing in players is, is fast approaching, and unless Fife can bring in at least one or two bodies to try and freshen things up, and that's something Todd Dutiam has spoken countlessly about, the need to, to change things up, then it's, it's just going to be a, a sad, sad end to, to what promised to be a, a good season for them. Yes, uh, well, like like you said, uh, Craig, we'll we'll cover that off shortly about Fife and uh, and the that playoff race as well down the bottom end of the table. Uh, but uh, on Thursday night, uh, the Great Britain team will be taken to the ice. Uh, Pete Russell's side uh, to take on uh, Romania in the uh, in the Olympic qualifiers, and uh, we're hopeful that we'll get uh, Pete Russell on the show uh, when this show gets recorded. It's a bit, Thursday's a bit awkward, isn't it? for a game of ice hockey. So we're going to try and get Peter on on Friday if we can and then get the show out on Friday lunchtime. Uh, but uh, yeah, it's going to be it's going to be an interesting one. Uh, but yeah, uh, Romania, Estonia and, and Hungary uh, to come. Uh, our old friends Hungary uh, to come uh, for, for the Great Britain team. Uh, what do you think for this weekend? Well, it's the first time we'll see the national team come together since that dramatic end to the World Championships last year in Kosice when they, they beat France to, to remain in that top division. It's going to be a much harder task this year, um, but we'll, I guess we'll get to that in due course. But looking ahead to the Olympics, the, the, I said this in, in my piece yesterday, you know, the, the, the slogan has always been dare to dream, and you're, you're talking about the Winter Olympics, that's a huge, huge deal for anybody um, who, who wants to take part. Maybe the likes of Canada and USA may be taken as red that it'll happen for them. But for a country like GB, we haven't qualified since 1948, um, when the Games were in St. Moritz in, in Switzerland, so that would be huge 
if, if GB were to beat a path all the way to Beijing in 2022. No doubt it's a tough weekend for them. You know, the, the fact they've got home advantage will certainly help. Romania, Hungary and Estonia are all very dangerous in, in their own ways. And I dare say Pete will have worked tirelessly to, um, to try and work towards that, to try and get the victories that would take them on to the next stage, which is in August. Get through that next stage in August and you're looking at a trip to China in a couple of years' time. How awesome would that be? Um, but, you know, he's brought in some some really good players, some guys are on form. Look for Ara, for one. Coventry Blaze has been outstanding this season. One or two new faces coming in as well. Brendan Connolly from Sheffield Steelers. Um, he's weighed in with a lot of points. He's a he's a proven scorer at elite league level. Of course, he should have been called up to the World Championships, but he got a bad injury um, in his last game for Glasgow Clan last year, which meant he had to make a, miss out on that one. So he gets a chance at the national team again. Travis Earhart is another player who comes in from the clan. He gets to play alongside his brother Dallas, um, who plays for the Manchester Storm. So, you know, Pete trying different things, trying a few new guys in there just to see how the, the formulas work and how the lines will work. Um, but I think it's going to be a, a great weekend for anybody who is going to Nottingham. I think uh, there'll be a lot of positivity, especially on the back of what happened last year in Slovakia. And hey, fingers crossed, we GB do make it into that next stage in August. Yeah, absolutely. Well, um, you already know this, dear listener, when the show goes out, but uh, Great Britain taking on Romania on Thursday. This weekend's match is Saturday, it's Estonia, and on Sunday, it's Hungary. It's going to be a cracking weekend in Nottingham, and uh, yeah, hopefully we'll get Pete Russell on the show shortly. Uh, but just before we leave this uh, results roundup and uh, preview for this weekend, just a quick mention uh, for the uh, the national division of the, of the NIHL, and uh, it was not a good weekend uh, for, for Swindon. Uh, Swindon with back-to-back defeats uh, a bit of a shock I'm going to suggest the defeat to Bracknell on, on Saturday uh, and uh, Peter Phantoms. it was always going to be a tricky game but little did we know how entertaining it would be Peter Phantoms 7 Swindon Wildcats 6 at the same time uh, Telford did drop points it was only a two point weekend for Telford they were beaten by the Steel Dogs on Sunday but they did beat the Milton Keynes Lightning on, on Saturday so Telford have uh, opened up a six point gap despite uh, only picking up one win yeah but we've seen that there is uh, chinks in, in both those teams armories now so that makes it interesting for the, the final few weeks of, of what's been a, a really a really absorbing uh, campaign for, for, for both teams getting to this stage you know Swindon only four points ahead of Peterborough although Peterborough played um, one game more Basingstoke had a four point weekend they've uh, come into the reckoning a wee bit Swindon are there for the taking and you know and they've had a little bit of uh, a little bit of a run here as you mentioned there Ben that the two defeats at the weekend not to mention um, the fact they lost the National Cup semi-final to mm. Telford on penalty shots I mean what a dramatic affair that was that would have taken a bit out of them and I think that's that's maybe a, a, an effect of, of what happened to them at the weekend and where, where they couldn't get the points but they will bounce back you know Swindon have done very well to get where they are in what is a very tough league Telford though finding their rhythm again although that defeat on Sunday a little bit of a setback against the Sheffield Steel Dogs but they've still got enough about them to, to go on and get the job done um, which, uh, you know, again, it just makes for a fascinating league. You mentioned Bracknell there. I think I mentioned them in five things we learned last week, how they needed to, to get something going again. And that victory would have done them the world of good um, in helping them try and get back up to eighth place. Of course, the, the playoff cutoff, two points behind Raiders. Um, Raiders themselves lost 4-3 to, to Basingstoke as well. So it's great to see how this league's panning out and nothing nothing has been settled yet. That's the great thing about it. We want to see this all the way right to the end and you know, so many so many players really hitting form at this time. It's gonna be fun to watch. 
Yes, absolutely. And uh, Steve Nell said it last week. You know, he, he he he's not ruled out the, the likes of Peterborough and Bases don't coming back into it uh, for the for the title. And when you when four points are on offer every weekend, uh, well, Peterborough only had two points on offer last weekend. But um, you know the point I'm trying to make, dear listener. When you've got that many points on offer, it can quickly swing round. Um, so uh, Peterborough, the likes of Peterborough, Bases, Stoke, and Hull, I don't think are done yet. It's uh, it's all, all to play for in in the coming weeks. Uh, but uh, some big games this weekend in the. NIHL. Uh, I'm just lucky down the list. Uh, Telford welcoming Milton Keynes Lightning on Sunday. That's that's a tough game. And uh, combining the race up at the top and the race down the bottom, Swindon Wildcats hosting the Raiders uh, on on Saturday. As at the same time, Peterborough will be hosting the Bracknell Bees. It's certainly all heating up uh, across the NIHL. Uh, but uh, Craig, just before we go, just a quick mention uh, for BritishIceHockey.co.uk. Uh, what's what's coming up in your world this week? Uh, my world this week, well, as we record, it's Tuesday. Um, I'll be involved with the Matt Hayward testimonial up in Glasgow. Um, so once that's out of the way, I can look uh, a lot better at what's coming up this weekend. Sorry, Ben, just to take you back to NIHL, if I can. We yeah. haven't mentioned Leeds and the fact they're playing at home now. They've got their home no. right up and running. No. Um, that first game that first game on Friday against the Sheffield Steel Dogs, I feel that's that's worth mentioning as well. Um, you know, Leeds have been... I've been leading a bit of a nomadic existence all season. There was delays to the rink and everything. So that's them finally in their home rink at Elland Road. Um, not to be in terms of a result. They lost 4-1 to the Sheffield Steel Dogs, but they'll be starting to, to get their feet under the table and getting used to their new surroundings. So well done to them. Yes, absolutely. And uh, the second game, incidentally, at home at Elland Road uh, for the Leeds Chiefs will be the small matter of the league leaders, Telford Tigers, coming to town on Saturday at 7 o'clock face-off. So uh, that's pretty big. Anyway, (laughs) Craig, a big thank you for joining us, mate. You have a lovely weekend and we'll speak to you soon. Craig Anderson there from BritishIceHockey.co.uk speaking to us here on the British Ice Hockey Podcast on Tuesday. Now, as we were discussing there, Great Britain kicked off their Olympic campaign on Thursday evening and I'm pleased to report they were victorious in their opening game, a 4-3 victory over Romania. The qualification group continues on Saturday and Sunday with matches against Estonia and Hungary. And joining me now down the other end of the phone, we should be joined by the victorious head coach from Thursday night. It's a welcome return to Pete Russell. Uh, well, Pete, a big thank you for joining us and uh, a big congratulations uh, for, for last night's victory. Uh, how, how was the evening for you? Yeah, for being together for two practice sessions, I thought we'd done a lot of good things. I thought um, we generated, you know, maybe at least 15 grade A chances and their goalie played really well. And, you know, so I think uh, possession-wise, we probably controlled half the game easy and with a puck. So I think, uh, you know, I thought we'd done a lot of good things. I know I thought our full check was good and um, our PK looked decent as well. So I thought there was a lot of positive things. We didn't play in our zone much. So, you know, it's, there's only seven places between the rankings. People should remember that. I thought we dominated the game. No, I was going to say, I mean, I watched the match on, on telly and, and their goalkeeper did play a blinder in all fairness. Yeah, he made some good saves. He was a bit um, unorthodox, but he was good at what he'd done and he had good glove hand, he was aggressive and he had a good night, for sure. And obviously, uh, it was um, the, the the kickstarting of, of the group campaign and uh, and obviously we've got two big games this weekend as well. So, I mean, you you must be happy with, with the way uh, Romania tested you as well because it do, it does set up the next two games quite quite well, I feel. Yeah, sure. You just got to take a game at a time. So hopefully we can, uh, you know, look at a couple of things that we can do a little bit better. But I thought we'd done a lot of good things. I thought our transition was good, and I thought we broke out well. And you know, I thought um, 
the ozone, we worked hard. It was some real good zone time. And, you know, there's a few little things we just talk about, but it takes longer than two, two practice sessions to get that right. But I thought they applied themselves really well. And there was a, a cutthroat nature to uh, to the performance as well with, you know, the, those two goals halfway through. That must be pleasing as well. Yeah, because to be honest, if you watched the first 10 minutes of the game again, we could have been 5 nothing up. Mm. Um, and we don't score. Then we go behind in one of the first or second shot of the period. And then I thought we came back two quick goals in. And then they got another one off another breakdown. And then we, I thought we, we flipped the lines a little bit. And then uh, I thought the last eight, nine minutes of the second period, we were just on, we looked like a different team again. So uh, it's good when your team can do that and they've got a bit of pushback. It wasn't all plain sailing, though, and uh, we we do have to say um, uh, the equipment manager Taffy took took a puck in the face. But uh, there's a picture online of him with his thumb up in the air. He he, he seems to be okay, thankfully. Yeah, he's got. You know, when you've got a head that size, it's a big target to hit. Uh, just to say, uh, Taffy, those are the views of Pete, not not this show. Uh, but anyway, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So uh, he he should be fine for for the next couple of yeah, games no, he's as well. Fine. He's, yeah. yeah, he's good. He got iced. He's fine. So it's good. Taffy's a great person. So it's nice to know he's okay. Everybody was a bit worried at that point. Absolutely right. Well, uh, obviously the the weekend to come, uh, two two big games there, and uh, you mentioned that the the training that you've had just just in the lead up to this, uh, there were three debutants uh, for for this game as well, with Scott Conway, Brendan Connolly, and Travis Earhart getting getting caps as well. So so how how is the squad shaping up for for Saturday and Sunday's matches? Well, again, we just you know we got one more practice session, and then hopefully we can uh, play with the same intensity and maybe be a bit more clinical. I think cut out a few things, maybe overplaying a little bit sometimes, but when you get time and space, you start trying different things, and I think, you know, I thought we scored some nice goals and we're really direct and created some good chances, and I think we just got to take care of the back end as well and make sure we're tight, but uh, yeah, the guys are fine, you know, it's mid-season, it's a tough term to come to when the guys are right in their seasons as well, people don't realise that, it's a totally different mindset, it's a different pace, Um you know, it's a uh, real four-line hockey as well, so they have to get used to that as well, I think, again. But uh, what, guys are great. They'll give everything as always, and they'll see what it takes us. Yes, absolutely. And uh, obviously, uh, there was a decent crowd there uh, last night, but uh, on Saturday and Sunday, it should be should be a bigger crowd as well at Nottingham. So um, you were under no illusions, as you said, about, about the quality of Romania. They're only a few places down uh, in the world rankings below Great Britain. So... When it comes to Estonia, firstly on on Saturday, what what can supporters expect from from them and and uh, and your preparations heading into that particular game? Pretty much the same as Romania. They looked uh, to counter all the time, you know, and uh, they had decent speed. Um, the the games were kind of mirrored each other. I think the Hungary Estonia game and the GB game. Hungary had a lot of the puck, and Estonia defended well. The boy played well, so. You know, I imagine if we work hard and we manage the puck well, it's going to be much the same game, I would think. Hopefully we can uh, maybe not uh, let three goals in this time and be a bit tighter at the back, I think, at some points. And hopefully we can execute more. Usually, um, you know, it comes along, but it keeps us balanced, I think. It keeps us just working hard for what we need to get and then hopefully we peak at the right time. And then to Sunday's game, uh, our old friends Hungary. Um, I mean, that we we don't need to talk about the encounters of the past between these two teams, but uh, what, what that that one is is going to be a biggie, isn't it? Yeah, they're a quality team. Um, good on the park, good skaters. We're really organised. They're together a lot. Um, the PP look good. You got some uh, a couple of real high end players, so they look uh, they're a real good team. There's no doubt in it. They're a team that's fighting to get to pull A. 
most of the time. So, um, you know, we know exactly what they're all about. We have to be on our game. We play that team. They're very dangerous. And finally, Peter, as I said, the, the, the crowds, uh, you know, will be heading down to Nottingham on Saturday and Sunday. So so what's your, what's your closing thoughts to, to, to the fan base as uh, we head into these two vitally important matches? I think for people that want to watch hockey, it's, you know, it's different hockey. It's good speed and it's your national team. You know, I think, you know, the guys come here and play for the for the country and it'd be good if they got a real backing and everybody filled the place. I think it's not every day you get to watch your national team in Olympic qualifiers. So um, I know it's a weekend off for a lot of fans, but maybe a, a nice trip to Nottingham to come and give the guys a full rink would be unbelievable and create an atmosphere and make it a special occasion. I think that'd be fantastic. So, uh if people want to get in the cars and come down, I think it would be unbelievable. We'd love that. Head coach of the Great Britain ice hockey team, Pete Russell, there speaking to us here on the British Ice Hockey Podcast on Friday lunchtime. So, you heard the man there. Get yourself down to Nottingham for those matches against Estonia and Hungary. And if you can't make it in person, don't forget live coverage available on Free Sports. Let's return now to the domestic competition and the Elite Ice Hockey League and the news that the league has ended the 2019-20 Champions Hockey League season as the eighth strongest league in Europe, according to the Competition League rankings. And uh, for more on this news, on Thursday, I caught up with media manager from the Elite Ice Hockey League. Here's Luke Fisher. I think it's really good, actually. I mean, Champions Hockey League has been growing um, a lot over the past six seasons since it started. And while it's very unlikely that a team from our league, you know, is going to go and beat for Lunda, um, as good as they've been to win it now four times, uh, to show that actually teams from our league are picking up results every season and this, this league ranking, it's a four-year average. So it, it shows that actually over the, the last four seasons, we, we've actually been picking up some really good results. Um, especially, I think, important when you compare it to the leagues we're above. So the likes of France, Denmark, Norway, even Slovakia, um, these are a lot of leagues where we, we get a lot of player movement between leagues. And it's a useful recruiting tool, really, for our teams to say, well, actually... Um, on a European stage, we actually have a stronger league. And, and here's the evidence that the great thing with the CHL league ranking is there's never really been a league ranking because you've never had something that, where you can compare all the leagues equally. And, and finally, we actually have one now with the CHL. Obviously, there's been uh, some great effort from the likes of, of Belfast and, and, and Cardiff this year. But, but like you say, it's a, it's a four-year average. So uh, it, it feels like it's going in the right direction, that's for sure, year on year. Yeah, I mean, it's always a bit difficult because you never know, like Cardiff, um, not this season, but last season, arguably played better than they had the year before and only ended up with a couple of uh, overtime points when they were playing like Red Bull Salzburg, Vesha and uh, SC Bern again. But we have, like, from Nottingham two seasons ago where they got to the round of 16. I mean, that, that was so good. Um, and actually, that year and this season, it's important to remember that the way this is worked out is it's an average, it's a points-per-game average per country so if you have two teams in it your points per game average is actually um dependent on the results of both teams so the fact that we had two teams in this year and we still managed to finish in this year's ranking eighth in europe is actually quite uh quite testament to those the efforts of those two teams and obviously, um, when it when it comes to the the, the CHL and uh, and the Continental Cup, it's still the the winner of of, of the league will will go to the Champions Soccer League next season. Uh, but uh, the playoff winners uh, will be represented in the Continental Cup again. Exactly that, um, and uh, everything's on the website there under the IHL and qualifi- uh, European qualification. Because if, for example, if 
uh, the same team wins the league and the playoffs, then we need to go to another criteria. If the same team wins all three, we have to go to a third criteria yes. <laughs> and so on. All the So we know who's going to, who will get those places. But it's important. You know, the last three seasons now, um, four seasons in, sorry, we've had a, a British team uh, in, or an elite league team in the final of the Continental Cup round. That's a really good thing. That's so consistent to have a team go through to that stage every year. And then obviously we have the league champions going to the Champions League. And I think um, whoever ends up next year is going to have some, uh, you know, some shoes to fill because the re- the results have been very good in the last few seasons. Yeah, and uh, we mentioned Belfast and Cardiff uh, on the Continental Cup. Congratulations to to Nottingham as well. Um, so you know for for their endeavours in in the Continental Cup in in, in recent years. Uh, but uh, obviously the the league itself on on a on a European stage is doing really good things. But but domestically the title race is is really hotting up. The the playoff race is really hotting up. We just had the Pride weekend as well, which was a a huge success. So it's it's all going in the right direction for my money. Well. It's good to hear it when people say this because I think we get a lot of negativity sometimes. But yeah, that's good. I mean, what's really good with the, the league table as it is right now is nothing is certain at every point of the league. Um, obviously, when you get to a stage like this, like coming up this weekend with the very few teams that are playing, we're going to be through 200 regular season games. Of the, I think it's about 279 we play across the whole league in the regular season for the league. So, of, of course, things start to take shape and you know who's going to be in for a title race. You know which teams are going to be in the mid-table and which teams are going to be looking for a, a playoff place. But in those mini-battles, absolutely nothing is certain. Uh, and that's great. You want to be going, you know, we're only just into February and it's still not. Like you want to be going February, March with all of these things so open and still up for grabs and because it, it makes every game so important going down into the final sort of six to eight weeks we have and that's before we get to playoffs got to mention the playoffs as well because uh obviously some teams uh if you're a fan of some teams you can book your tickets but obviously if you're the four clubs down towards the bottom end you, you might have to hold off a bit but uh the tickets are selling fast aren't they they are and obviously i mean you alluded to it there but of course every team is given an allocation of tickets regardless of where they are in this point of the season because who knows so the team that finishes eight may end up knocking out the league champions on an aggregate scoring series and get through to the weekend but yeah, they are. Um, the pre-sale uh, tickets that were done in, in Sheffield and Nottingham and, and Cardiff, they sold very quickly. So we had an indication that they were going to go quite quickly. And um, before the extra blocks were opened earlier this week, we were down to sort of 400 left. Um, I know those extra blocks have sold pretty quickly as well. So yeah, th- there's really not much going left. Uh, the seats that are currently on sale uh, for different teams' blocks are going to be held for a little while longer. But if they're not sold within, I think, I believe we wrote on the website by the end of this week, so probably Sunday or so, they will then be released out to anyone who wants to buy them. Uh, so we could be looking at a situation where this is sold out sort of in the second week of February, which would be quite unprecedented, really. That's amazing. And uh, obviously the, the Challenge Cup final tickets are also uh, available. Mm. I'm not, I'm, uh, I mean, are they selling out quick, quick as well for that one down in Cardiff? To be quite honest, I know a little bit less about the Challenge Cup tickets because each team has taken their allocation Ah. to sell themselves. So uh, we don't have as much to do with that. But um, I believe the Sheffield ones uh, were selling pretty quickly and Cardiff have been selling theirs all day today. Um, Definitely, you know, if you're a Sheffield fan, it's the first Challenge Cup final in quite a few years. I think you should want to be there. And then Cardiff weren't there last year, even though it's in their town or in their city. So I can see... I mean, this will be sold out. I think we can be quite confident in that. 
Well, eliteleague.co.uk, the place to go to uh, for all your playoff and Challenge Cup ticket needs, uh, For uh, if you're a neutral, of course, as well. Uh, but like uh, Luke says, you can go through the club websites too. But, uh, yeah, all going in the right direction. I know, I know what you said there, that you, but it's true. It's it's all positive in my eyes. So, uh, looking forward to the running, Luke? Definitely. It's the busiest time of the season. It's the time of the season where, you know, I think everyone is a little bit more excited. Everyone is also a little bit more um, stressed out because every game matters. And you can imagine that if, if you're a team who's, you know, live and die by making the playoffs and you're not sure you're going to get there. Absolutely. But it's why you are at any level. It's why you're involved in sport. It's why you play. It's why you coach. It's why you go and watch it because that's how you want it to be. And you can't really ask a lot more than that. Elite League media manager Luke Fisher there speaking to us here on the British Ice Hockey Podcast. Uh, let's stick with the Elite Ice Hockey League theme. And as we were discussing earlier with Craig, a big, big weekend to come, especially down the bottom end of the table. Uh, Saturday sees Glasgow hosting Manchester, Fife hosting Dundee, whilst on Sunday it's Dundee hosting Guildford and the Manchester Storm hosting the Five Flyers. Vitally important games for the playoff race, but also a big, big weekend uh, for the Five Flyers. And and for more on how Fife is shaping up heading into this weekend, on Thursday, I caught up from the Five Free Press. Here's Alan Crow. It's another must-win. Every, every weekend has been a must-win weekend. Um, this one's a sort of must-must-must-win weekend. Um, they can't come out of this weekend with no points. If they do that, then any sliver of hope they had is surely, surely gone. Well, mathematically, it may well still be possible, but I think mentally... That's a different issue altogether. So, I mean, it's two regulation wins or, or bust for the system, was that? Now, uh, the last time we spoke, uh, since the last time we spoke, there has been a, a couple of flickers. They've been beaten a few times, but came close against uh, Manchester Storm. Um, they came close against the Nottingham Panthers. Uh, they scored two against Cardiff, two against Glasgow. They've been, there's been flickers, hasn't there? There has, thank you. Speaking to the guys, we, we, we did a hockey, hockey show during the week there with them, and uh, they keep making the point they're not the Edinburgh Capitals of the NHL getting hammered by five, six, seven, eight goals a night. You know, they are pretty much one goal games with an empty net in it. But it's it's as narrow as that, but also mentally and you know, every other part of the game, it's a huge goal. I was down in Manchester, again, another must-win game. Was it was 3-2 going in the last or something like that. They lost four straight goals. Um, look at Nottingham, you know, nil-nil with what, nine, ten minutes to go. Two horrendous just errors they cost in that game. Um, yeah, it's those fine lines and production of course is just two to four you, you can't win games with, with two goals that's just not possible so the corners that hope that are there and they're all hoping that one win will spark the the transformation but the longer it goes on without it the real danger is that they've equaled the club record of 14 straight losses that can become 15, 16 and the real real fear is will there be a win before the end of the season and that would just be horrendous uh, there's been uh, a couple of um, posts that I've seen on, on social media, Barry McKenzie um, saying, yeah. you know, how important this weekend is and, you know, get down get down to the barn and, and be loud and be proud and, and let's go for, for four points. And, and Lee Perry's giving an interview too. Um, the, the squad's under no illusions about, about how important this oh, weekend yeah. is. Hi. The game's on the ice this weekend. Um, obviously, on, on Saturday, it's a home game against Dundee Stars. Yeah. And then on Sunday, it's, it's back to uh, Manchester. And I, I think that's the last time we spoke, actually, when you, when you went down to Altrincham. Can, can they get a win, or one win at least this weekend, do you feel? They are capable, and they've proved that they'll, they'll skate. They're skating the Nottingham Panthers for 50 minutes. You know, they, they did everything right. They had a very good road game. 
you know, you can win, you can eke out one nil, two one wins, but the real challenge is when coming to game up at the weekend there, and they were two and a half after eight minutes, it was game over. The club knew it, the team knew it, the coaches knew it. That eight minutes of just not being engaged cost them a hockey match, which is absurd. And Dundee's sort of given a real tough time. Manchester's given them a tough time. And the problem with Fife is every time they have a zero point weekend, Dundee pick up one or two, Manchester pick up one or two, and the gap just grows that a little bit greater. So it's got to be two regulation wins. That's the only thing that that's a bigger than four points. I think they need something like four straight wins in a row to try and overhaul the, the gap. And they need Manchester to hit a little slump. And I think you've got Manchester bringing the new players again, the guy from Guildford. Yeah, they're strengthening. They clearly want the playoff slot. Dundee's made the changes previously. They're going to get the playoffs. And it, it's looking like when you're back in 10th, that eight-point that eight gap, or whatever it is, can be quite small, but it's a canyon really, isn't it? Yeah, um, uh, one one of the uh, bright spots though this season has been um, uh, Kyle Finucci and uh, the fact that you know he's he's broke the the all time um, club uh, yeah. leading point scorer in in the elite league. I mean that that has been uh, one of the the bright moments uh, this season. Oh yeah, again you look at you look at Carlos work rate, you know, and he, he goes out and he grass. The one thing that a Fife Flyers fan will accept defeat, they will not accept a lack of effort or an apparent lack of effort. You know, guys like Fenucci, it's the same place as a week that you single out for doing really well. Fenucci works his socks off. Mike Cazola has done everything that's been asked of him. He's been up and down the ice pad all night long, every shift, every game. Um, guys like Barry McKenzie have put their heart and soul into it. They've had some solid performers, but they're missing, offensively, they're missing a spark. I mean, to be honest, they're missing even Bludoff. <laughs> even a half-hit Bludoff last year would have done better than what's happened this year. They're missing that grit that Boomer brought to them last year as well. Um, they haven't really replaced that. And they're just, they haven't got that extra edge when the chips are really, really down. Somebody grabs the game by the scuff of the deck and just drives it. And that's really hard to do when you're on a 14-game losing streak because mentally that is incredibly tough. So there are highlights. It's not been, you know, it's been a really tough season. And the highlights, unfortunately, guys like Carlos' achievement tend to get overlooked by all the negatives. It's a real shame because he deserves the honour, absolutely. Uh, not on this show, though. It's not being overlooked on this show. That's, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and and just before you go, Alan, just a, a quick mention uh, for the for the five free press as well. I mean, it is a pretty crucial weekend coming up for the club, and uh, there's going to be wall to wall coverage, I'd imagine. Yeah, we've got a fair preview this week. Obviously, the big event, of course, is also Tuesday night with the directors' Q and A, which the fans have been pushing for for a long time. So Jack Wishart and Tom Muir will be, it's sold out within about a couple of hours, all, all the tickets are all free but ticketed, um, so Tuesday night will be live blogging that, there's a lot of key issues off the ice, they want to know the club's ambitions where are they going, you know, what's happened this year, what lessons have they learned you know, what, what has gone wrong, and also what's gone right it could be a really, really positive thing where you actually get the fans back on board with saying, you know, how can you help so I really hope that, that that is a start of the return of getting this club back on its feet and just just giving it a right good shake from top to bottom because the potential is there. Um, they just they need to, if they could buy a win, that would be the best thing for Tuesday night. It would change the mood quite dramatically. Um, if they go in with a zero point, they came. It could be a long night. Alan Crow, there, editor of the Five Free Press, and you can give Alan a follow on Twitter. That's at Five Free Press Ed or. For the latest news from the Five Flyers, visit the website fivetoday.co.
uk. Uh, so a big weekend ahead in the Elite Ice Hockey League. But it's now time to draw our eyes to the second tier of British Ice Hockey, the National Division of the NIHL. And as we were discussing earlier with Craig, a four-point weekend for both the Sheffield Steel Dogs and the Basingstoke Bison. We'll be hearing from Ben Morgan of the Steel Dogs shortly. But before that, solidifying their spot in fourth position last weekend with some fantastic wins against the Raiders of Romford and in that derby win over the Bracknell Bees. I caught up with the head coach at the Basingstoke Bison. Here's Ash Tate. Um, obviously, four points is not to be sniffed at. But I think we, you know, Saturday we took 56 minutes to figure out, you know, what was going to what was gonna make us successful. Um, and then Sunday we got on the board really early, which which settled things down straight away and kind of, you know, put us, put us in control very early on. So, um satisfying in in you know mostly and and you know just a few concerns um which we're going to work on kind of moving forward to this weekend i mean obviously um the the weekend before we had you had that double header with the the peterborough phantoms so to bounce back the way you did this past weekend i know it was an overtime win against the raiders on saturday but it, it is a four point weekend and that that must be welcomed yeah for sure i mean the, the i mean with the peterborough weekend was always going to be kind of a, a big one because we're kind of neck and neck in the standings. Um, whilst we've got a couple of games in hand, you'd rather have the points on the board anyway. And it was disappointing to not get more from that weekend. But, you know, it's since I kind of took the role over the last two seasons, the, the games with Peterborough have been, you know, they've been tied every single time and, and, and that weekend wasn't any different. So, you know, so we didn't get any bounces, but we would like to get more points out of it, but we'll take the one and, and then we kind of, we knew we had to bounce back last weekend, and and I thought we did that quite well. And and a seven four win over over Bratnell, that's that will um, much cheer to the supporters as well, I'd imagine. Yeah, I mean it's a it's a local derby, isn't it? So it's always that added extra kind of thing. Um, doesn't you know? I've talked about this before. Whether you're kind of Nottingham, Sheffield, or Cardiff, or Coventry, or you know wherever that is, the derby games are always form goes out the window, um, and it's always a bit more heated. And and um, like I said, we got on the board. You know, we were two up within a couple of minutes and it settled us down straight away. And I thought we kind of got into our game a lot quicker because of it. After this weekend just gone, I think it's it's safe to say you solidified yourselves in, in that top five area. There is still a fair few twists and turns left, I think, of this season. I mean, have, have you ruled out a, a late charge on, on, the, on the top end? Um, I think the thing is to just kind of always, you know, make sure you're moving forward. And I mean... With 20 games to go, we kind of sat and looked at the schedule. And I mean, I looked at, I, I'm not sure exactly where it is now, but I mean, third to seventh, it was only six points. I think it's only six or seven right now still. So like you talk about top five, um, uh, you know, that's, it's still up to grabs, I think. I mean, it's it's difficult to um, guarantee a position right now. The, the best thing for us is like, we've just set small term goals um, we're not kind of looking at the bigger picture and we you know we've we've got goals that we think that if we can achieve those we'll be there or thereabouts come um the end of march so that's that's kind of the the end goal obviously we just have to keep taking each game at a time and, and just break it down into small increments and hopefully win win those small increments and that will put us where we should be or where we need to be because at this stage of the season now like like you say you must, you must be looking for uh, an average points per weekend and, and and that kind of thing and uh, yeah and and i'm just trying to plot it really i mean you've got a lot of games coming up against against swindon and uh, and uh, you've got a, a couple of games as well against peterborough and, and milton Keynes too so you know yeah. these these are very important games aren't they yeah, I mean, I, and but to be honest, I don't think you can. You've picked out a couple of couple of other teams, but it doesn't 
make any difference. You've still got to get something from every game, whether that's um, you know a, a, a point out of it, or or it's a it's a sixty minute win, or it's an overtime win. Whatever it is, you've got to be picking something up, um, and that's really important when moving into the playoffs. And uh, this weekend, uh, it's only you've you've only got two points uh, on on uh, available, unfortunately, because there's only one game this weekend. Uh, but that said, is that beneficial? Because you know we were speaking off air. I mean, the, the festive period and over over January, it's been very very hectic. So is it is it refreshing for the, for the squad to to have a, a just one game this weekend, perhaps? Um, it it it's a bit double edged, really, because um, we we kind of you know we got four points last weekend, and you. I think if you're playing well and you're in that rhythm, I don't think you really care about the amount of games, you know, whether they're kind of one every day or or kind of four and five or one in seven. You, you like to just keep keep rolling and, and find that rhythm. You know, we had a week where kind of in January where I gave the gave the guys a couple extra days off just to make up for the, the lack of kind of time off over Christmas. But, you know, going into London, it's not it's not an easy task. Um, we've we've tripped up there before and they're a very good team at home. They play a momentum the crowd gets into it um, and you know we know or I know from a coaching perspective that if you slip up on a one game weekend that week after and it takes an awful long time to get to Saturday evening to put things right again so um, you know we know we have to be ready on the Sunday. Well it's uh, a quarter past five face off in, in Romford on, on Sunday and then um, as I alluded to it's the, it's, uh, the start of your, your epic encounters with Swindon uh, the weekend after and uh, the home game the 15th of February that's going to be a, a huge game and you'll want as many people down there at Basingstoke as possible. Yeah for sure I mean we the, the reason we kind of played the, the hectic Christmas period the, the Boxing Day the New Year's Day is because it it, you know, it is a it's a big fixture, and fans travel. And obviously, the the owners like that because people coming through the door is what what things are about. So, um, but we've fared pretty well against Swindon this year so far. Um, you know, the boys are always ready. Swindon are a good team; they challenge your honours every time. You've you've really got to be switched on because they've got a lot of players who can hurt you if you're if you're not focused for 60 minutes. So, we'll be ready for that. But like I said, we're just kind of looking smaller steps at the moment, and we won't look any further than this Sunday. Ash Tate there from the Basingstoke Bison joining us here on the British Ice Hockey Podcast. So back-to-back wins for the Basingstoke Bison last weekend. It was also back-to-back wins for the Sheffield Steel Dogs uh, beating the Leeds Chiefs in their first game at Ellen Road on Friday night by four goals to one. And then a brilliant victory on Sunday beating the Telford Tigers by four goals to two at Telford. And uh, for more on those results, on Thursday I caught up with the head coach at the Steel Dogs Here's Ben Morgan. Well, Ben, a big thank you for joining us and uh, a big congratulations uh, for, for a fantastic weekend, uh, a four-point weekend. Uh, how, how was it for you? Uh, for boys, it was fantastic. It's always nice to pick up maximum points over the weekend. And, uh, you know, in, in tough circumstances, Friday night in in Leeds, a uh, brand new rink, obviously far from far from being finished. And then obviously in Telford on Sunday night, it's always a tough place to go to against a team which you know, don't lose many games. So, yeah, to come out with four points, I'm really happy. I mean, let's go back to, to Friday. Obviously, it's a, a momentous night for, for, for ice hockey in Yorkshire, really. Another another big city uh, club joining joining the fun and games. Uh, but uh, a professional party-pooping performance from from your boys. Yeah, um, kind of spoiled the, the evening as such for Leeds and Sammy and what have you. But yeah, it was quite a weird one, to be honest. Um, the build-up to it and getting into the rink and, and getting changed and seeing that obviously they had the, the nuts and bolts and the, the basics down and the ice was down, the scoreboard was up, the PA system was working. So, 
it was a case uh, for both teams just getting on with it and, and, and trying to put on a good good game. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, speaking of good games, uh, you've already touched upon it, but the Sunday night result, I mean, if you if you beat Telford Tigers 4-2 at home, uh, it would raise eyebrows, but to beat them away, uh, it's that's that's fantastic, isn't it? It is, yes. Yeah. It's a testament to bodies. Um, I think Telford were the only team that we've not beaten so far this season and as I say, it's a tough place to go to. Tommy works his boys really, really hard and they, they know how to play in that small, tight rink. So, um, absolutely delighted with the way the boys um, went about the game. There's only the second period really where we felt a little bit of a little bit of pressure. We ran into a couple of needless penalties and they obviously scored one of the power play goals in, in that second period. But other than that, the first and the third, um, you know, in my opinion, we outworked and we outplayed and we were just a little bit more hungrier and managed to get over the line in the end. Now let's talk about um, how, how the season's playing out because we're, we're into the home stretch now. There's only a couple of months left of the season, and uh, I mean you you are there, aren't you? Mid-table land. So so how do you go about the next couple of months or so? So you're in the, in a rich vein of form for the playoffs. Or, or saying that, I don't want to put words in your mouth. Have you have you ruled out a late push to go a bit further up? <laughs> um, I, I think in all honesty, probably will be a two-hour race between Telford and Swindon, and they'll. I would imagine they'll go right to the, the very end of the season over to the wire. But I think for everybody else, it's just a case of not even so much jockeying for position with the the revised format for the playoff uh, playoffs at the end of the season, but just trying to build momentum, as you say. And we're at the moment now where we've, we're starting to get pretty much a full team bike. We've had a horrendous run of injuries this season to key players. You know, we've, we've lost players for the full season. We've changed a few people up. We've had valuable ice time for youngsters that you know weren't necessarily promised to get that amount of ice time and they've done wonders for us so it's all in all we've, we've taken a lot of positives from uh, some of the things which normally you know you take step backs and you think wow wow we're going to respond to these but the boys and the management and everyone at the club has you know responded fantastically well and with the position that we're in you know we, we should be happy with that we always want to do more we want to get higher but when you take into consideration everything that's happened this season, I think you know the boys are certainly content with where we're at. But as I say, with 12 or 13 games left, we'll, we'll continue pushing soon and finish as high as we can up the table. And obviously, it's only a, a one-game weekend uh, to come. It's a, it's a big game, but it's a, it's a question I just asked Ash Tate at, at Basingstoke Bison. I mean, is it is it nice to have this these odd weekends where you've just got one game, considering how, how frantic December and January has been? Yeah, it is. I think it's like January and December, you're talking like 11, 12 games uh, in a month and then you, you get down to back end of the stretch of the season and you're looking at seven, eight games and nine games and it does it does take its toll on you, especially for those teams which have gone to cup semi-finals and finals, it's even worse. So It's nice for the boys to be able to just kind of break away a little bit, especially those that have got families and um, you know, don't really get to spend much time with them. So it's, it's nice, but um, it'll be business as usual come Sunday. Can't think of a bigger game than, than having Hull in our Sheffield. And uh, let's talk about this game then against Hull. It's uh, another derby. Um, I mean, we touched, we touched upon uh, Leeds, but it's it's nice, isn't it, having having the three of you all in the same division? Because it, it feels like it's uh, the start of a of a of a beautiful friendship. All, all three of you trying to compete with one another and create rivalries and that kind of thing. It is, yeah. Um, obviously, we've had it with Will for the last three or four seasons now, and I don't think that's going to fizzle out or die down anytime soon. But it's. Um, it's it's a ball that's rolling. It's it's in the process of getting leads and creating a rivalry there between ourselves and leads and Hull and leads. And as you say, you know, the three teams because of close in proximity and distance, and it helps the fans travelling to away games. It gets that extra bit of spice. It's players that have played on previous teams that are moving across and what have you. So there's always there's always a little story in there somewhere which, which you know you guys in the media love. So 
it's uh, this Sunday's going to be it's going to be another tough game, physical game, and moving all of lost once again. And it's a home game, and uh, with the Steelers not in action uh, this weekend, uh, come across the road, it, it should be good. Well, yeah, I mean, even if it's just to come and watch some of the the guys we're trying to wear deals and see what they're really about, I know they get limited ice time over the road because you know the Steelers are competing for titles and trophies themselves. So you know, come and have a look at. Uh, young Griff and, and Alex and uh, Brown is obviously not playing for us now with his injury and what have you but even people like uh, young Curtis who's Curtis Warburton who stepped across and you know got a couple of minutes last time for Steel as he's played important games for this season so come and see what we're about and the development that we've been doing for the last 10 or 12 years and not just the last you know, 10 or 12 months Ben Morgan there from the Sheffield Steel Dogs joining us here on the British Ice Hockey Podcast. And that's it for this week's British Ice Hockey Podcast. Uh, a big thank you to all our guests this week for joining me. Remember, for all the latest goings on from the world of British Ice Hockey, you can visit the website britishicehockey.co.uk. But I've been Ben, and wherever you're going this weekend to cheer on your British Ice Hockey side, make sure that you have fun. Bye-bye. Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.